your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Monday, August 2nd edition of Locked On Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast where we talk about all things Florida Panthers. I'm Armando Velez from pantherparkway.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. You can follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. You can follow the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. And today's episode is brought to you by Locked On NHL. You need all the news to get hockey smart, and Locked On NHL is here to provide you all the news related to the offseason around the National Hockey League. Subscribe to Locked On NHL. Anywhere you listen to podcasts. So a little bit of housekeeping based on now that free agency, the expansion draft, the actual NHL entry draft is over that the Locked On Panthers podcast and many of the shows here on the Locked On NHL network, at least in this part, will be not doing five days a week for the next month and a half until training camp starts. So it will be down to about three days a week. Some weeks you will get three. Some weeks you might get five. Some weeks you might get two, depending on what's going on, what news breaks, and honestly, if there's literally anything to talk about related to each individual team on the Lockdown NHL Network. So a little bit of housekeeping there. So I will try to my best to pull, pull push out as many episodes as I can as Hopefully there's more news because there's still plenty of news coming in the next couple of weeks because there is still certain contracts, RFAs, that haven't been signed yet. There is still the contract of Sam Reithart, who is an RFA, who's going to sign his qualifying offer. There's nothing to worry. Jameson Olive reiterated on Territory Talk just the other day about how there's nothing to worry about Sam Reithart. The relationship is good based on him and the Florida Panthers. So he's eventually going to get his RFA contract signed. It's around the 6 to $7 million range based on his new contract as, as far as the details that are coming out. And the other one is Chase Prisky. He is from the trade, from the Vincent Trocek trade, that sent Itulus Durainen and Chase Prisky over here from the Carolina Hurricanes over to the Florida Panthers in the 2019-2020 season. So another... Contract that was officially signed based on RFAs is goalie Sam Montebo. Though we haven't really seen Sam Montebo really at all in the 2021 season, the Florida Panthers signed Sam Montebo to a one year, two way contract. It will have a league minimum of 750K at the NHL level and 250K at the AHL level. The former 77th pick from the 2015 draft. Uh, only Really played 25 total NHL games uh, with a 9-8-3 record during that time. A 3.2 goals against average and an 8.92 92 
save percentage. So not a lot of experience for Sam Monteville during his time in the NHL, but he is more of a depth piece. Now that Chris Drieger is gone, and even though there's an emergence of Spencer Knight here based on his performance late in the season last year, if there happens to be an injury to either Sergey Bobrovsky or Spencer Knight, Sam Montebeau could be battling for the third goalie spot along with Christopher Gibson. And Christopher Gibson was a goalie who played for the Tampa Bay Lightning last year. He was part of the Syracuse Crunch along with the, the Florida Panthers players who were there as well. So there is some familiarity with Christopher Gibson. So it kind of makes sense on why Gibson was brought here in the first place because there's familiarity. He got to know some of the players. He got to know some of the coaches on the minor league level. So the signing of Christopher Gibson makes sense for the Florida Panthers sense. As far as the talent there, as far as starts for Christopher Gibson, I'm not really expecting many of them, if any at all, unless there's an injury. But then there is still that battle between Christopher Gibson and Sam Montable for the number three goalie spot because... I don't anticipate at all that Spencer Knight is going to start this coming season in AHL Charlotte because if you saw how he performed last year, uh, this guy's good. <laughs> Spencer Knight is uh, pretty damn good, the former 13th overall pick from the 2019 draft. So the Florida Panthers, as far as their goalie depth in their farm, last year there were seven. Now this year there's five with, with Knight. Bob, Christopher Gibson, Sam Montevideo, and the goalie that they drafted in the fifth round in this year's 2021 draft, Kiro Karasimjuk. I hope I'm pronouncing that. I pronounce, I apologize if I'm not pronouncing that correctly. So that was the pick that was kind of like the substitute or the replacement for when Devin Levi was traded for Sam Reinhart in the deal that sent a first-round conditional pick in 2022 and Devin Levi. So when Devin Levi was shipped out as part of that trade, here comes Kirill Garachimyuk. So the Florida Panthers, as far as their goalie depth, they still continue to to uh, round out the pieces and put them all together. And, you know, not everyone's going to play. We understand that, and not everybody is going to get the same amount of starts. We expect this goalie tandem going into the season to be Sergey Barovsky, Spencer Knight. And as far as shared experience and shared time, it's going to be split to start off. It's going to be likely 50-50. And also, as much as Florida Panther fans want to see Spencer Knight be the full-time starter... You got to give the guy on the $10 million contract a chance to prove himself that he's worth that contract. And again, I will say this once again, you can't make a decision on Sergei Bobrovsky's contract via buyout. I know a lot of Florida Panther fans have been screaming buyout for Sergei Bobrovsky, but it's not a good idea to address a buyout right now until, until at least Spencer Knight becomes an RFA, which won't be for another two years. So Honestly, Florida Panther fans, for now, let's get that idea out of our heads and just focus on what this season is going to bring with the goalie tandem for the Florida Panthers. And again, Sergey Bobrovsky having a chance to prove on a now even better team, at least on paper. 
at least a better team on paper and give him a, another chance. And you know what? If it, if it comes to that, once Spencer Knight becomes an RFA, then you could address it then. But if the play improves for Sergei Bobrovsky, you could still live another year off that contract. And yes, $11 million for two goalies is a lot. Because of, especially with the buyout of Keith Yandel, it's 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 going to cap strap them possibly. But with the with the way Bill Zito was able to structure, if you look on Cat Friendly, the way he structured Sam Bennett's new deal, it works around it. So you could still build your pieces around. And there's a Alexander Barkov extension coming in the next offseason, and we're going to get to that in the next segment. So make sure you stick right here. Unlocked on Panthers. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you are missing out. There's coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. You want to know what my flavor, favorite flavor is of these selections? It's the cookies and cream. What? Cookies and cream, anything, ice cream, built bars, any anything cookies and cream related. Why not? It's a very obvious choice. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box and you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are built bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Check out the macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. There's also the grasshopper cookie flavor, which is like the classic thin mint cookie. All the flavor without all the sugar with 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 5 grams of sugar. Order today and you'll get the grasshopper cookie or the raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Isn't that great? So go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCK15 over at Built.com. So there have been a little bit of talks of an Alexander Barkov extension with him being a UFA come next offseason with the Florida Panthers wanting to take care of their players a year ahead in advance. And they saw you saw that, you as the fans saw that, and I saw it as when the Florida Panthers decided to sign Carter Verhage to a three-year extension worth about $4 million. And Alexander Barkov's next, and that is the guy you want to take care of. I did say a few weeks ago when it came to the Florida Panthers and Alexander Barkov when it comes to extending them, what are you willing to give him? Exaggerating, of course. I said, give him whatever he wants because he deserves it. He's the captain of this team, and he's given so much to this franchise ever since he was drafted number two overall in 2013. But got to be a little bit realistic about what the worth is versus what the team can fit. And... I don't have a single doubt in my mind, or I don't have a reason to believe at least, that he will make anything under eight figures based on his next contract. So my impression is that it's going to be somewhere in the $10 million range, 
And I posed a question on the Locked On Florida Panthers Twitter page. Florida Panther fans, what do you think Alexander Barkov's worth is? I put 9, 10, 11, 12 million. And based on those results so far, the poll hasn't even closed yet. So if you guys want to go check it out, uh, you could see you could see and you could actually vote on what you think Alexander Barkov's worth is. And some people actually put 12 million. I don't think Alexander Barkov is going to make 12 million on his next contract, but I don't think he's going to make 9 million neither. I mean, if Alexander Barkov for some weird reason accepts 9 million and he signs it, then I I will be doing cartwheels because you get to keep your captain for a long period of time and it's a very cap friendly, no pun intended, deal for the Florida Panthers, but I'm not counting on it to be no less than eight figures based on Alexander Barkov's new contract. So no updates there on the contract, but sometime in the month of August, we should be expecting it. So when that happens, we will be chatting about it on this podcast. But something I also want to talk about in this segment is Aaron Ekblad's contract as as we speak. Yeah, yes, some of you are thinking, why is Armando bringing up Aaron Ekblad's contract? There's four years left on the contract, but it doesn't become a UFA until the 25-26 offseason. So again, why is Armando bringing up Aaron Ekblad's contract as we speak? Because I'm, I'm talking about the annual average value of Ekblad's contract compared to defensemen around the rest of the NHL and to rewind to remind you of when Aaron Ekblad signed that contract originally was in the offseason of 2016 on July 1st to be exact the very first day of free agency his contract hadn't expired yet at that point they gave him a contract extension for eight years at 7.5 million AAV so they locked up Aaron Ekblad for for that long to to extend him even further after with, with one year left on his contract at the time but then I think about all the other defensemen that are making a lot more money that don't have the same performance that Aaron Ekblad has had I mean Aaron Ekblad is 25 years old by the time his contract expires he'll be 29 four years left and you think of the highest paid defenseman in the NHL like uh, Eric Carlson who's 31 his contract doesn't even he'll he'll be older than the age of 37 when his contract eventually expires. And when when there's a 37-year-old Eric Carlson, do you want $11.5 million on your books? Mm, I don't know. Uh, Kale McCarr just signed a new uh, contract recently. He is a former Calder Trophy winner for the Colorado Avalanche, so that's good value there. Dougie Hamilton, he just re- recently signed with the New Jersey Devils. Of, uh, although I do see him more as an offensive defenseman, I don't know if $9 million will be one that you could sustain over time based on Doug Hamilton and how the length of the contract as you get towards the end. Seth Jones, uh, this page I'm currently at is showing the annual average salary right now, but it's not even on this page. But I'm going to talk about Seth Jones. Seth Jones will be making $9.5 million uh, starting next season with the Chicago Blackhawks. And Seth Jones didn't necessarily have the best season last year with Columbus, but a lot of you might be saying, oh, it's Columbus. Uh, uh, they, they had a horrible season. Sure. And who knows? 
Seth Jones's play might be a lot better once he gets to Chicago and there's more around him. I mean, I still don't think that the Chicago Blackhawks are a Stanley Cup contender, but I think now with the addition of Seth Jones and Marc-Andre Fleury, and if Jonathan Taze is back, that they could possibly fight for a wild card spot. Another uh, name on the list that's in the top uh, five is Roman Yossi, a former Norris Trophy winner. That's good value for the Nashville Predators. Miro Haskinen, who is a former uh, top pick for the Dallas Stars, he just got extended. One that's also up here in the top 10 is Oliver ekman Larson, who just recently got traded from the Arizona Coyotes to the Vancouver Canucks. And that was a move made as more of a draft um, of a salary dump and for to clear some cap for when the Arizona Coyotes go into the 2022 offseason. They have assets and a lot of money to spend. But and, hey, and they got a first-round pick out of it in this year's NHL entry draft with the Vancouver Canucks with the ninth overall pick. But Oliver ekman Larson's play has just gone downhill ever since for, for quite the last few years now. So the value as far as annual AAV based on play on the ice, the, again, the Florida Panthers are in a great situation when it comes to Aaron Ekblad's contract. And that's one thing I wanted to let you guys know based on once I saw all the signings of defensemen and the extensions that we've been seeing for this many dollars, and after seeing that and then comparing that to Aaron Ekblad's and the play that the Florida Panthers have with Aaron Ekblad, as far as before he went down, he was leading the NHL in power play goals by defensemen. Uh, just uh, around he, him and uh, Jeff Petrie of the Montreal Canadiens were just one and two battling back and forth based on goals by defensemen and power play goals by defensemen too. So that was something that was that I was keeping tabs on personally last year before Aaron Eckblad went down. Victor Hedman, weirdly, is uh, number 14 on this list. And yeah, there's a lot of uh, people who are rolling their eyes when it comes to Victor Hedman and his Norris Trophy uh, finalists based on how he didn't have the typical Victor Hedman season but even sometimes an average Victor Hedman is better than a lot of defensemen out there and he's 14th as far as annual AAV. Shea Weber is also up there and as far as number 15 but Shea Weber might also never play another hockey game again so uh, the Montreal Canadiens are gonna use the LTIR money to clear some cap for Shea Weber uh, n- this upcoming season and <laughs> another name on this uh, list is uh Brent Seabrook, who another LTIR, who's going to be on the Tampa Bay Lightning roster, but on LTIR as far as that cap move that sent Tyler Johnson out. But we might see Brent Seabrook suit up for uh, game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs next year. We, we never know. Uh, and if you we do, then we could uh, say more things about it if slash when we get there. I highly doubt it, but, you know, that... Just know that with the Tampa Bay Lightning, you just never know what you're going to get as far as their ways to manipulate the cap. But hey, again, they're not breaking any rules. I will say that. In the next segment, we're going to talk about the whole Evander Kane situation from the San Jose Sharks and his wife on allegations that Evander Kane is betting on NHL games. You've been listening to Locked on Panthers. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at Bet Online. 
Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC slash MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news. Sign up for bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. Use the promo code Locked On. So something that happened over the weekend in the NHL landscape was the story of Evander Kane's wife coming out publicly about Evander Kane possibly betting on his own games, betting on the NHL, betting on Sharks games, and possibly not trying as far as his performance on the ice just to win some more money. And let's rewind a little bit on the whole Evander Kane debt situation, how back in January there was an article out about Evander Kane and his $27 million in debt. And with now this situation happening, everything is starting to make sense. And this isn't to judge Evander Kane, and this isn't to put him down, because what this tells me, and when it comes to addiction of any kind, whether it's alcohol, whether it's gambling, whether it's pornography, all that. What usually happens with addiction and why addiction happens so much is due to a lack of connection. And what I think is that Evander Kane is possibly lacking some type of connection within his community and a connection within himself. And I hope that Evander Kane finds that and I don't gamble and there's a reason why because I know that if I enter that gambling state and the high dopamine hit of winning it'll just continue and it'll probably be non-stop for for me but that's per but that's personally for me and it's also gotta go with when do you know what is enough for you is there does there always have to be more? How many chips did he does he put at the poker table? Is a, it, it says, oh, I'm okay with losing this because I make millions of dollars, and then you end up losing some, and that can be a dangerous game for uh, for anyone who goes to the gambling table and just puts all their chips there. And I I just hope that there he does get the cure that he needs in order to fix himself, fix his life, and also to get things situated with his wife. I, I know there he is going to get divorced with his wife, but I hope that there's more peace within them two and that I hope, I hope that violence isn't involved in there neither because domestic violence ever since the COVID shutdown has happened, domestic violence cases have gone up. So... I hope that there also isn't domestic violence issues. And also when it comes to addictions, going back to addictions, also addictions can make you abandon those people that you love too. And the focus for Evander Kane has been more on, at least from what I'm seeing, I don't know him personally. It seems that the focus has all has been more on 
winning more money as far as gambling instead of focusing more on the family right then and there. And of course, there needs to be a little bit of accountability on Evander Kane's part. But there's a part of me that empathizes with him too, that because that could also be a product of possible upbringing. What kind of abandonment did he possibly go through that caused this type of behavior? Because patterns from upbringing can lead to different things. You guys know this. You've seen patterns from your own individual parents that possibly cause you to be who you are today. Some people outgrow them. Um, those uh, teachings, some people go on to be their own person, nature versus nurture. That's a thing. And I hope, again, I hope that the situation with Evander Kane, his wife gets situated. And even if they file for divorce and looks like they're going to, uh, I that's not up to me. That's up to them. I, I just hope that that gets situation, situated and that Evander Kane gets the help that he needs because it is addiction is a mental illness, whether we want to admit it or not. And Robin Leonard came out to talk a little bit about mental illness. And I, I like Robin Leonard a lot because I, he is very open on talking about mental illness, talking about his bipolar and being more public about something that is very stigmatized in our society. And honestly, when it comes to mental health and it's something that we can't see. We can't see somebody's mental health. We only see what's on the outside. If someone has a broken leg or you snap their arm, you can see it. You tell them to go to the hospital to get it fixed. But with mental health, people can just talk about it and say how they're feeling and people say, oh, you're fine, don't worry about it. And to me, that's a little bit closed-minded. That's just my opinion. But you really don't really know what's really going on in a person's brain. So I just think that Everybody should be talking more about mental health these days because it's very stigmatized and people just put other people down for feeling their feelings and for not being in a perfect state when they, the person on the outside can't see it. For example, Simone Biles from the Olympics, she backed out of a few competitions. She's now coming back for a few. I don't necessarily know the name of event, but people were crapping on her saying, oh, she doesn't have what it takes to do this. No, if you're not in a good mental state, then when you're when she's up in the air, she's not going to land the way she wants to because she's not right upstairs. And, and she needed the help she needed, and she got a little bit of rest, and now she's ready to compete again. Same thing with Robin Leonard and same thing with Evander Kane. It, and with going back to Evander Kane, Evander Kane has four years left on his contract. That's $7 million. And he's about 20-ish, I mean, as far as the article um, from January, he said $27 million in debt. And he filed for bankruptcy, uh, according to that January uh, article from CBS Sports. And what really needs to happen is a lifestyle change for Evander Kane. Knowing that this is how much debt you have, this is how much you need to live on in order to clear this and possibly live a better life. Right now... Evander Kane is 30 years old, so there's still plenty of life for him to live. I don't know what if how if he'll get that much money on a contract once he becomes a free agent after the 25-26 season, but it just has to come with a lifestyle change if want to in order to clear those debts and to be better 
for himself. It's it, it doesn't have to be for, and for his daughter. It, it, th- that's what that's the point in all of this. And I just hope that Evander Kane eventually finds his peace. And of course, I hope I think that everybody needs a therapist in their corner. And I hope that Evander Kane also gets that so that he could talk about his inner demons. He could talk about his possible upbringing. He could possibly possibly talk about a possible intergenerational trauma that possibly was passed down from his parents all the way to him growing up during his time in Vancouver, uh, British Columbia. That's where he's from. So what, 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 how did, how did he get there is one thing that I wonder and I empathize with him. But of course, once again, there needs to be a level of accountability based on his actions, based on how he's focused on gambling versus paying attention to his family and putting the attention there. So that is what I can hope for someone like Evander Kane. And I'm rooting for him. I hope that he comes out out of this for the better. And this isn't, this is a no judgment zone based on Evander Kane. And I hope that he finds himself in a better place in, in the upcoming years. Four years left, $7 million each year, lower your lifestyle. That, that's all I got to say. And you'll be hopefully free after that. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to also subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We'll be talking about all of the NHL offseason. So I'm Armando Velez, signing off. And you've been listening to the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your team every day.